Let's bring Mark Tui, advisor to business and political leaders, into the circle of Uggs. It's time for the morning brief. Good morning, sir. Good morning, John Moore. As I mentioned off the top of the show, the Auditor General's report probably doesn't get much drier than an AG's report, but still important stuff in there, and in particular hospital shortages, which we've been hearing about. We actually did an interview, Mark, earlier this week with somebody who was talking about these emergency room closures and saying that if you're in medical distress, it could be potentially fatal. It could be, but it depends on which emergency rooms are closing and, and where. Because a lot of small t- I grew up in a small town in British Columbia. Well, not that small anymore, but you know the emergency room there was reasonably good because it had the only regional hospital. So a lot of smaller towns in Ontario, the emergency rooms don't really do much. If you're a traumatic, uh, like if you've suffered a trauma injury you may not even go there in the first place so this is not what we want it needs to be better but it was interesting also that the auditor general uh, pointed out that even even now 20 percent of the patients uh, in emergency rooms shouldn't be there and so if you can imagine if you could somehow divert those one in five patients to some other less expensive less critical uh, care service that would give you a 20 percent uh, you know boost immediately in your capacity at our ER Let's move on to Toronto City Councillors and the possibility of expensing the installation and maintenance of home security systems. It's not unheard of for some politicians, but I think some taxpayers might think, well, why do I have to cover that? Yeah, and I think it's reasonable for taxpayers to think that. I don't begrudge uh, politicians uh, some form of uh, of security. They do take uh, the heat as is their role. That's proper nobody should ever go to somebody's home uh, to complain about the the political uh, you know concerns uh, my concern with this though is you know my experience with Toronto City Council is uh, you know they ask for an inch the staff recommend a mile and they end up with uh, you know a hundred acres of stuff and in this case they're talking about two thousand dollars to set up a home security system and a hundred bucks a month uh, to monitor it that seems like a lot of money and anybody who's got a home security system you have to wonder how is that going to protect them from somebody knocking at the door and in threatening violence it, it doesn't right it's if you're not there and somebody walks in an alarm will go off uh, so I'm not entirely sure this one thing I would want to make sure is that they the city decides which contractors will be used because it's a it's a great uh, tidy little business at city council where they'll get an allowance to do say a website or a newsletter and then they pick the uh, vendor and that vendor is always somebody who volunteered on their campaign and websites are you know one thousand to five thousand dollars a year i remember when i was there and nobody needs to spend that kind of money on a website so it's a bit of a sort of a backhanded way of paying people for helping you on elections. I wouldn't want this to become that. Well, at the risk of being a company man, I'm going to have to look it up, but I'm pretty sure Bell alarm systems are a lot cheaper than $100 a month. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I Googled it yesterday while I was filling in on the rush for uh, Rushme, and, you know, at least the sticker price that they advertise is anywhere from $9.99 a month up to $39.99 a month for, for most companies. So I don't know whether that's kind of getting their foot in the door and then they add on things. Oh, if you want somebody to actually listen to it, it costs extra. I don't know. But 100 bucks a month seems steep.
So uh, the Speaker in the Federal House of Commons in trouble again. I, you know, I, I get that maybe he's not that good at his job, Mark, but I also think people are making more out of this stuff than they need to. This time it's because he was making some sort of a speech in Washington, D.C., and he referenced the fact that he used to be a junior liberal. And they said, look, you're identifying yourself with a party. You can't be Speaker anymore. Yeah, this is a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. I'm not sure that he's made any, you know, egregious sins here. Uh, it's difficult for me to accept at face value his apology over the video that he made. Uh, I mean, he was he he dressed for the part and did it in his office. So clearly, he was using his official status as the speaker to make an impression. And that's not what being the speaker is supposed to be about. Then going down for the speech, he's certainly taking personal advantage of it. But that's what a lot of politicians do. I don't know that the average Canadian is going to be much offended by that, but it just is another log on the fire uh, if in the narrative of a government whose ministers, whose prime minister and whose members, and he's a liberal, uh, tend to do things for their own benefit more so than for the public. And that's not a good look. Speaking of politics, uh, Pierre Polyev is threatening to ruin Christmas for parliamentarians. Uh, he's going to gum up the House. I don't think he's going to be able to actually keep it in session, so this is kind of an idle threat. Yeah, it's, you know, from a purely procedural political insider's perspective, I kind of admire the the use of the machinery of politics to try to get as much leverage as you can as an opposition party. So I admire that, but I don't think the average Canadian, quite frankly, even if they, like me, agree with him on the carbon tax issue... I don't think they're going to care about this. And so it's it's certainly going to annoy other MPs, but I don't think it's going to really move the needle in terms of uh, adding to public support or getting votes for him. So I think it's a little bit too cute by half. Well, and when I was going over this this morning, Mark, it occurred to me that I wonder if Pierre Polyev is peaking too soon because it seems like he's all you know, coked up on how excited everybody is and how good the polls are and how he's now just the prime minister in waiting. And if he has to wait for an election to happen in 2025, then this is a little early to be girding his loins and making a big spectacle in the House. Yeah, he's uh, he's doing extremely well in the polls. And you're right. Uh, you know, I'm not sure there's much, you know, actual science behind peaking too early. But here's the, the threat to him. The risk for him is that he does exactly what you say is he's kind of believing his own press clippings and he's going to walk away from the pragmatic points that got him here you know when the ndp when the the conservatives even the liberals whenever they talk about pragmatic pocketbook issues canadians support them but because he's so far ahead he's starting to wander back into the land of ideology and here are core conservative values and that is going to get him you know unelected uh, it's not he's not going to lose his seat but that's going to cost him votes because people don't vote for ideologies they vote for practical you know common sense dollars and pennies solutions that make their lives easier thank you sir good to have you this morning Thanks, John. That's Mark Tuohy, advisor to business and political leaders, and that is the morning brief.